Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to In All Honesty, the podcast where you get the honest answers you didn't know you needed. I'm Michelle Elman and I'm a five board accredited life coach and I use my experience from this to answer all the questions that have been on your mind lately. This week we are talking about a topic I am probably most known for, boundaries. But before we get into that, I have a huge announcement. This is probably the biggest announcement I have had since the last two, three years. I have a new book coming out. It's called The Joy of Being Selfish, Why You Need Boundaries and How to Set Them. And of course, it's not a coincidence that this is the episode on boundaries and my book happens to be about boundaries. I might have done that on purpose. I am so excited about this book. I've been holding on to the secret since February. I actually got the book deal on Valentine's Day. And for those of you who know, that's my favourite day of the year, which means this is all just fate and meant to be. So something that I've not been able to talk about is that since my first book, Am I Ugly? I've actually been submitting books from literally a week after Am I Ugly came out. And it's been a lot of rejected full manuscripts, some rejected proposals and a few offers here and there, but nothing seemed quite right. And to be honest, in November 2019, last year, I was ready to give up. I have two agents. I have a literary agent who manages my books and a social agent who manages my socials and my events. And in November, just as I had decided I was going to quit, my social agent had asked me what was happening with book stuff. Since it's not his job, Often he will ask about it just so that he's aware and on top of things. And when he did, I replied with, don't talk to me about it. Give me a few years and I'll go back to you. He responded with, how about a few months? And that evening I went to bed thinking, okay, if I give this one last shot, what would I want this book to be about if this was my last chance? And boundaries came into my head. For those of you who follow me on Instagram, you know how much I was talking about boundaries last year and this year. And that day, someone had called me the Queen of Boundaries, and since then, so many of you called me that as well. And as soon as I got that idea, I genuinely had a feeling on my chest of this is it, this is actually what I'm meant to be writing about next. So I got the book deal on Valentine's Day, and actually got the official offer while I was at VidCon, which is this massive social media convention. So I was meeting all these new people, and then suddenly screamed in this massive room of TikTok influencers I had just met. And then every time I met new people, my friend would go around being like, and she's writing a book. I mean, another book. And then what ended up happening was we went into lockdown and this book essentially became my only companion while I was alone in lockdown for four months. If you followed me for a while, you'll also know the frustration I felt that I couldn't give you a resource or recommend a book to read on boundaries. Because the honest truth is, I learned everything I know about boundaries from my own life coach, Michelle Zelli. And in writing this book, I have genuinely read every book on boundaries out there and none are one I would feel comfortable suggesting. 
either they talk about god and they make it religious or they make it about diet culture and have whole chapters on how to keep a good diet and why having a good diet means good boundaries of course i don't agree with that i really disagree with that and so i just felt like there needed to be a book that i could recommend and now there will be my own so please go pre-order it on Amazon. Pre-orders really help authors because it helps determine how many books are going to be printed and where it's best placed in shops and all of that. Also, I have a dream of being on the Sunday Times bestseller list and it does help with that too because all pre-orders contribute to the first week of sales, which is when you have the best chance of hitting that list. And just thank you so much for all the support it's got so far. I'm so excited and I'm so glad so many of you are so excited. Let's get into boundaries and give you a sneak peek of what's to come in the book. Starting off, what are boundaries? Boundaries are the rules on how you want to be treated. It's saying what is okay and what is not okay. It is also the line between you and me and how we are separate. How I started talking about boundaries online a lot was because you hear the word being used, but you also hear the word being misused a lot. And what I find is a lot of people who are using the words boundaries actually are using them as walls to push people away and using them as a defense mechanism. So in this episode, I'm going to show you how to set and hold boundaries without putting a wall up. Let's get into the first question. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for the podcast. I love it. Um, my question is about boundaries um, and how you respect other people's boundaries while respecting your own. So my boyfriend is processing some things at the moment and he has informed me that he needs space to do this. So he's withdrawing from me both physically and emotionally, meaning we're not seeing each other, we're not talking that much and he's not communicating about what's wrong other than he's just not in the mood to see people and that he is questioning life decisions. And I'm trying to respect his need for space, but I also feel like I need more in terms of communication. I feel excluded and I feel nervous and anxious anxious that he's making decisions about our relationship without including me. And I'm trying to balance his need for space with my need for communication. But how do I respect his boundaries without overstepping my own? Um, does this mean that we're not compatible in our way of communicating and working through stuff? Or is there somewhere to meet in the middle? Thank you so much, Emma. Thank you so much for your question. There is somewhere to meet in the middle if and only if both parties are ready and prepared to do that. The thing we have to remember about boundaries is that the response to boundaries tells us a lot about the relationship and the ultimate consequence to boundaries being broken is to end the relationship and it's important to always have that option in your mind. But before we get into that, let's backtrack a little bit. You're right, his boundary is he is asking for space and asking that you respect that boundary. Your boundary is that you need to communicate. The question is, is he respecting that? In a relationship, both people's boundaries need to be respected. Boundaries are simply how you want to be treated and what you need. For me, I would need a bare minimum of communication as well. How I would set that as a boundary is I would say, I understand you need some time and space in order to process what you're going through. And I understand you don't know what's going on in your head yourself and therefore you can't explain it to me or talk to me about it. But if I'm going to be in a relationship with someone, then I need to be in contact with that person. What I need is to hear from you every day, whether it's a text or a call, but I'd also like to see you at least once a week. Obviously change that to your own communication needs. Those are just an example. But I would see how they respond to that and whether that is a requirement they can meet. And in all honesty... <laughs> actually I just did that by accident I didn't mean to actually just say the title but there we go 
in all honesty, if I wasn't seeing someone once a week or hearing from them at least most days, I don't see the point. I understand that they're going through something, but I believe when you're in a relationship, you have to be in the relationship. To some extent, you go through it together and walling off and pushing me away would also leave me feeling rejected and helpless and that wouldn't work for me. I understand some people will disagree with that and that in some relationships, people are happy to go off alone, sort their own stuff out and then come back to the relationships. But then that partner needs to find someone who is willing to put up with that. It sounds like, however, you are more similar to me in your viewpoint. As you said, you are nervous, anxious and excluded. That's not how a partner should make you feel, whether it's intentional or not. So I would voice that. After setting the initial boundary and assuming he agrees to meeting that requirement, if he then breaks that boundary after agreeing to it, then I would say, hey, this doesn't work for me. I know you need space, but I also have needs. And one of those needs are communication. And the way you push me away makes me feel excluded, especially when the worries you are having involve our relationship. I believe that needs to be a conversation we have together. In terms of the relationship worries, I would also ask for a specific date in terms of that. For example, I would phrase it as, I know you need space, but I need you to let me know when you're ready to talk about this. I actually did this in my own life recently, and this is an example of how you can do this in a healthy way. So I needed space from a friend, and I needed to process the feelings I had because I didn't understand them fully myself yet. And so I think it was a Tuesday, and I said to her, I have a work deadline coming up that is due on Friday, so I need to focus on that, and then I will take the weekend to process. So I need space right now, but I'll message you on Monday. On Monday, I had a better idea of how I felt. I knew some of the things I felt, but I didn't know all of them. And so I wasn't ready for a full conversation about where our relationship stands or all of those things. It was more so I had agreed to touch base on Monday and I did do that. So when we touched base, I basically reiterated that I loved her and that I needed some time to heal from this. My trust had been broken and I said that to her. I said to her, can we take some space and I'll talk to you next month. I love you very much. I really want to heal this, but I don't know how to right now. And I think this time and space could really help. She agreed. If she didn't agree, she could easily come back and say, I feel like a month is too long. Can we try two weeks? It's an agreement between the both of you. And this way, we both weren't left in the dark. We both knew the specific length of time. And even before we stopped speaking, we both said we loved each other and reaffirmed the fact that this is a friendship we both wanted to fix. You could even say, I completely understand when we say we'll speak on Monday, you might not know all the answers yourself or have finished processing, but that's not the promise you're making. The promise you're making is that you'll touch base and see where you're both at. For me, communication helps both of you feel heard and seen. And I accept that this is not a conventional way of communicating, but we have to remember that boundaries and healthy communication is not the norm. But doing it this way is the healthy way. And by doing so, both me and my friend are in a great place now. Time apart was exactly what we needed. The way boundaries work is you are responsible for setting and holding your boundaries and he is responsible for setting and holding his own. So at the moment, it seems like you're having more respect for his boundaries than your own. And it's also obvious in your voice how that is hurting you. You're right to want more, ask for more and be willing to end the relationship if your needs aren't being met. Because oftentimes, and this seems to be the case here, a need for space and setting a boundary in that way is actually being used as a wall. A wall blocks people off. A boundary allows connection in a safe and healthy way. But it seems like you don't have the connection and the intimacy that most people would require from their relationship. 
good luck having this conversation and know and believe that your boundaries are as important as his. This week in Dissecting Dysfunctional Conversations, we are talking keeping up with the Kardashians. Every week I dissect dysfunctional conversations that I see on TV and we use it as an opportunity to improve our own communication. And the reason why I want to talk about keeping up with Kardashians is because Kourtney Kardashian is probably single-handedly responsible for the fact that boundaries has become such a common and frequently used word in everyday vocabulary. She is also responsible for how many people use it in a way that isn't accurate because as much as sometimes she is right, there are also times when she means walls instead of boundaries. For those of you who haven't watched it, the reason why boundaries come up is the fact that Courtney wants to share less of her life on the show and less of herself on the show in general. Chloe and Kim aren't okay with it because it means there's more on their plate and that they have to share more, they have to film more. Within this one conversation, and this is an ongoing issue for about a season, but in one of the conversations, Kim and Chloe have followed her to a guy's house because they think she's dating and she's keeping her dating life off camera. Now, of course, this is a huge boundary break. And if you want to know who she's dating, ask her. If she won't tell you on camera, respect that because she doesn't want it to be on the show. So ask her off camera. She discovers them and then says, if I have boundaries, respect them. I love that line. It's so simple. But it's important to say in order to have your boundaries respected, you need to set the boundary first. And she hasn't actually set the boundary first. Because even when I was watching it, which part was the boundary, Rick? The fact that they followed her? The fact that the cameras were there? Which part? We don't know because she didn't set the boundary before she reinforced it. She says, just because you like to show every single thing And Chloe responds with, I don't like to. And she goes, well, you do. And she replies with, because that's our job. That's bad boundaries on both parts. When you're setting boundaries, you don't do it as a jab, which just because you like to show every single thing was a very passive aggressive comment coming from Courtney. But on Chloe's side, it's also bad boundaries. If you don't want to share what you are currently sharing on the show, stop sharing it. Take ownership of it. Stop pretending to be a victim. If you share more than you want to share because you want to make the show more interesting, then own that too. But saying it's our job doesn't make any sense because two people with the same job, no matter what job that is, whether that's a reality TV show or an accountant, will have different boundaries. The job title doesn't necessarily mean certain boundaries. And just because one works longer hours than the other doesn't mean the other has to. Kim then says to camera that all the days that Courtney doesn't want to film means they have to pick up the slack. This again is wrong. They don't have to do anything. There's a muddling of issues and of boundaries here. Is the issue that she won't share enough personal information or is the issue that she won't film enough days? You can't dictate how personal the information should be. That's Courtney's choice. Even if your choices are not the same as hers and you do not understand or agree with hers. However, in terms of taking up the slack, Kim and Chloe could and should set their own boundary in saying, you can share less of your personal life, but the number of filming days still need to be filled. You can fill it with whatever content you like, but that requirement needs to be met. If she still doesn't meet those filming day requirements, then I would have an honest discussion about money and say, okay, I'll take on more days to fill your slot, but that means I want to be financially compensated for that and it's only fair that our fee reflects the amount of work we put in. 
this is how this conversation should go this is how you set boundaries understand what you can't control and then set boundaries around the things you can change create an agreement that works for both sides so that both sides feel fair and compensated when i talk about boundaries you will often hear me talk about the consequence of boundaries that is the important part okay great you don't want to film anymore there's a consequence less money or maybe she has to do more press come up with an agreement that respects both sides and it respects each other's boundaries Every person involved needs to set up their own boundaries and every single person is responsible for setting up their boundaries. Not always in the same conversation and we don't always have to be talking about every single person's boundaries in one conversation, but saying we have to and you make us do this also doesn't take ownership for their situation or their power. You can't blame someone else for your lack of boundaries or your bad boundaries. Selling a little? or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you chiching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. On to the next question. Hey, Michelle. Do you have any suggestions on how to enforce boundaries with family members who have mental health conditions that require your care, uh, but that you're feeling taken advantage of at times? Thanks. This is Mel. Hey, Mel. Thank you so much for your question. Now, this might be controversial, but I actually don't change my boundaries depending on their person and especially not on their mental health. I might change my boundaries depending on their proximity to me and our closeness, but not mental health, because that would be changing my boundaries based on how they react or respond to my boundaries. And if I'm preoccupied with trying to control their reaction or their acceptance of my boundaries, I lose my power. I believe all boundaries should be conveyed in the most kind and compassionate way you are capable of and therefore I don't believe mental health comes into it because even if you have a good mental health I am still conveying it in the most kind and compassionate way. I am a person who believes that mental health is not an excuse to treat others badly because we all have a mental health and if your mental health is bad and you treat someone else badly then you're passing that on to others and that's not right or fair. 
If they require your care, then it could be twofold. And I don't know your situation, so I'm going to offer up both situations. Also for any listeners who are in the opposite situation. Feeling taken advantage of could be occurring because of two reasons. Well, it could actually be many reasons, but I'm going to put it into two categories. One category is that you're the only carer and the only person taking care of this family member. If this is the case, then you're still allowed to set boundaries. If they're being abusive, but you still need to take care of them physically, then set a boundary with a consequence that you could actually carry out. Of course, you can't set a boundary like, if you speak to me like that, I'll walk out the room if they aren't capable of being left alone. But in that situation, you can still say, if you speak to me like that, then the conversation is over and we can sit in silence until you are ready to be civil. Alternatively, the other category is that you're feeling taken advantage of because you are doing more work than others. And this would be in the case that caring for this person is a joint responsibility between multiple people in the family and you are taking on more than other people are. So if this is the case, I would communicate that with the others, that they need to be taking on more days and if they are unwilling to do it, then someone else will have to because you will not be swooping in every time there's an available day that they need care. If there are other family members, then start demanding that since you all care about this family member, the responsibility has to be split evenly and you've taken on the bulk of the responsibility over the years and it's now time for someone else's turn. Either way, it's important that your boundaries protect yourself. Just because you are caring for someone doesn't mean they are allowed to talk down to you or make you feel bad. And obviously with each person, depending on their mental abilities, there are only so many consequences that you can set up. But set up viable consequences that you have the ability to follow through on. In situations where you're not able to leave the room, detach emotionally and start disconnecting consciously as a way to protect yourself. So that whilst you're physically present, you are emotionally protected so the words being said can't hurt you. If you're a visual person, you can imagine yourself flicking a light switch or a bubble around you and the words bouncing off you or even a helmet so that you're protected that way. I'm a kinesthetic person or a feelings person, so I just temporarily switch off my feelings and it gives me this glassy look in my eye where I'm in the room but not really and when you're talking to me it kind of feels like I'm elsewhere because I am and I've done that consciously. Another thing that is important is accepting that you aren't going to change them and that you have no control over them as a person. I don't like saying it's not personal because it does feel personal, but recognising this is their stuff and that you could be an interchangeable person and the same thing would be happening helps create the emotional distance to not be hurt with every interaction. I'm sending you a lot of love, courage and strength. Today's three quick tips are on how to set boundaries. Number one is get agreement before even entering the conversation on boundaries. This could either be asking, are you free now? Or is it a good time to speak? Or specifically, can we have a conversation about something you said yesterday because it didn't sit right with me? When someone agrees, you are much more likely to get their full attention as they have agreed to being engaged. Talking to someone who is busy or not fully focused means you are already starting off on the wrong foot. So choose a good time and make sure they're in the right headspace to receive a serious conversation. Number two, find the right time. If a recent argument has taken place or people are feeling heated or stressed, do not start a conversation at that time. There is a myth that you have to set boundaries in the moment, but you don't have to. There is no time limit on boundaries and you can bring up an old conversation that wasn't healed at a later date when you're ready to have the conversation. 
do it when there are no time constraints and when everyone is in a good mood or at the very least a neutral mood and then simply say hey you know that thing you said last month I don't know why it's suddenly bothering me now but I can't stop thinking about it and I want to talk to you about it number three text or email if you need to in the beginning stages of setting boundaries, I found it really hard to articulate myself without becoming accusatory or getting angry or upset. So when I needed to have a hard conversation, I would do it over text. This took a lot more pressure off me and it meant I didn't get frustrated and that frustration didn't lead to me raising my voice. Of course, this depends on each person you are interacting with, but with some people, I found this is the best way to communicate, not just for me, but also for them, because it allows them time to think and carefully choose their words, and they also don't feel the pressure. If you're going to do it over text, then I still ask, do you have a moment? Because I believe it should be a back and forth conversation. Anything other than that would create anxiousness and it would make it difficult to pick up and drop the conversation, or the conversation could end up going on for days simply because you're not replying to each other so decide on a time that you're both available to text and communicate that way if something comes up then say so and just say I've just got a work call coming in I'll get back to you in an hour be respectful of the fact that other people are going to have feelings and that a conversation about boundaries can make other people anxious or nervous or scared so giving someone a time provides reassurance and it also shows them that you care about them and consider them in your decisions hi Michelle Thank you for all of the useful advice you've already shared on your podcast so far. I've really enjoyed listening to them. I'd like to ask your advice on dealing with the guilt associated with setting difficult boundaries. I've recently built up the courage to set boundaries with my partner's family after years of dealing with their toxic behaviour. And whilst the boundaries I've set have solved many issues, I can't help but feel guilty. It feels like I'm punishing my partner for their behaviour. How can I deal with this guilt and make sure the boundaries don't have a negative impact on our relationship? Thank you. Go you! Setting boundaries with in-laws are the hardest thing because it's not your family. It's not your family dynamics and essentially you're getting adopted into a new family dynamic that first of all you aren't accustomed to and aren't always healthy but also but also every other person knows how the dynamic works and you're having to play catch up. The problem is, unlike yourself, every other person in that family is used to their dynamics. They grew up around it, so it's their norm, they're familiar. And in most cases, they haven't even considered that family dynamics could be or should be any different. So go you for understanding that you don't need to conform to the rules or patterns that have been placed around you. That takes a lot of guts, bravery and courage. And first of all, I want you to take a moment to be proud of yourself. Really take a moment, get a pen and paper and I want you to write a letter to yourself thanking yourself and telling yourself how proud you are. Go with it, feel that pride, feel it in your body, recognise how much strength and courage it took. Doing this will help enormously because it will help your brain focus on the reasons why you set those boundaries and the positives that came out of it. The more time you take to be proud of your achievement and what you have accomplished, the less of the guilt will be because that nasty bugger of guilt will mean that you probably haven't even stopped to realise that a big accomplishment has just happened and you did it. Do you know how many people are still suffering with their in-laws because they weren't bold or brave enough to take the step that you have already done? The good news is that's the hard part done. Just a little quick explanation on guilt and I can do a full episode on it and if you would like that then please send me a voice note on guilt separately but just as a quick explanation the purpose of guilt is to enforce your own code of conduct. 
It's the consequence of having a conscience. And essentially, guilt arises when you've done something bad to make you feel bad so that you don't do it again. Can you imagine if humans had no guilt and were walking around with no guilt? It wouldn't be a good thing, but the only problem is, and what is happening in this situation, is that there is appropriate and inappropriate guilt. And your guilt is flaring up for doing something bad even though you didn't do anything bad. Why is that? Well, what are you telling yourself? Are you telling yourself that you're hurting others? The reason why you feel guilty isn't because you actually hurt someone, but because you are telling yourself that you hurt someone and you don't know that. In your question, you said that you were worried about hurting your relationship or whether you're worrying about hurting your in-laws or your boyfriend is hurt. You need to stop mind reading. You don't know that. And ultimately, it doesn't matter that they are because your boundaries are to protect you and look after you. Them feeling hurt is their responsibility and they are adults who can look after their own emotions. That is not your job. Some of the time, especially women, feel guilty when we look after ourselves because we've always been taught and programmed that we should prioritise others and look after others. And therefore, we do not feel like we have a right to ask for what we need and we do not feel like we are allowed to have our needs met. Well, you are and I am proud of you. You have to see this as you standing up for yourself. You have to see this as an adult self protecting a small child that lives inside you. It is your job to be their parents and protect the both of you. And this is what you have just done. A lot of this will be about the discomfort of doing something new and different. You are not only standing apart from the norm in your own life, but of society in general, because we have to remember that the majority of people have bad boundaries and don't set boundaries. So what you've done is bold and brave. And that means you get to reap the rewards of it. And it sounds like you already have because you said it solved many issues. If it solved issues, how can what you did logically and rationally be wrong? The problem is guilt is not logical or rational. But the more and more you set boundaries, the more used to it you will get. I promise the guilt will eventually leave you by reaping so many benefits and rewards of boundaries that the guilt becomes worth it. And the irony is, once you become comfortable with the guilt, that's when it tends to disappear. One of the reasons you could be feeling like it is affecting your relationship with your boyfriend is because he is not setting his own boundaries, either with you or with his own parents. But you have to accept that this is his choice and you have decided to not follow in the relationship patterns that have been set up for you. You have to stop caretaking your boyfriend. Your boyfriend has allowed his reaction. If you feel like he is holding resentment towards you or is unhappy about the situation, the best thing you can do is bring up the conversation. Do it in a way where you are not suggesting that you change your boundaries, but that you're still allowing him to feel what he feels. How I would go about it is I would say, you know, when I set boundaries with your parents, how do you feel about it? So many things could be going on for him. He could be jealous. He could wish he had the same strength to do the same. He might understand why you did it, but worry about how that will affect his parents' perception of you. And throughout the conversation, make it the sole purpose to listen and reaffirm what he's feeling by literally saying, I understand why you feel that way. If he starts moving the conversation into ways where you could change your boundary, I would simply say, I can't do that. I completely accept how you feel and I care about how you feel, but I need these boundaries in place and they've really helped me around your family. You can still be loving and open whilst being firm in your boundaries and it is also possible to stick to your boundaries and accept that someone else won't understand, won't agree and may have their own feelings about it. Stay in the conversation, be open, be vulnerable and be straightforward in saying your boundaries aren't changing 
but at least that way then he will feel heard i hope that helps and best of luck every week i end the episode talking about something i'm working on and what i'm working on right now is actually letting myself celebrate things so a hidden secret that i've actually never said is that i didn't really enjoy any of the publishing process when it came to am i ugly and it's a huge regret of mine because getting that book deal was so important to me i started writing that book when i was 13 years old and you would think the moment I got that book deal would have been a huge sense of relief, but I kind of skipped that step and went straight to stressing and worrying about it and making about numbers when if you told the 13-year-old me that I'd even got a book deal, she would have been shocked. It wasn't about how many I sold. It was about the fact it was getting published, which was a big thing in terms of other people reading my story and a huge passion of mine around Am I Ugly was about the fact that I wanted there to be a childhood illness story that wasn't inspirational or didn't put the pressure of becoming a survivor. But if you've read the book, you know the first chapter in Am I Ugly is about abuse and I talk about a lot of people in my life and worrying about those people getting back in contact some of them did get back in contact and the drama that happened by those people coming back into my life meant I was in so much fear that the fear outweighed the joy. And it's sad because I'm never going to get a debut book again and I should have celebrated it from the moment I got it. I actually spent most of my publication day crying because random people who I went to school with were pissed off I had written about them in my book. I had literally written like a sentence or two about them. Eventually, about a year later, I finally felt proud of myself and how well the book had done and also the fact that it just existed. But this time, I get a second chance. The joy of being selfish has been a wholly positive experience and I wouldn't let it be anything but that from the very beginning. I'm celebrating the book, I am celebrating myself and I'm so proud of every single part of it. Even from getting the book deal to finish writing it to writing it in lockdown, which was not easy. I am going to have fun and enjoy this process and be happy for myself because publishing a book is not easy and that deserves celebration. I'm also going to be open and unapologetic about my dreams and ambitions around being an author because around Am I Ugly, I still wouldn't even call myself an author. I had so much imposter syndrome around the fact that I wasn't a real author because it was my first book. But it's not happening this time. I'm an author and more than that I want this book to become a bestseller and I'm ready for it. I'm claiming it. I am telling the universe that's what I want and I'm acting as if it's already happened so help me achieve my dreams. Go pre-order my book and if any of these episodes have helped you at all it would mean the world if you could support my dream, my new adventure by pre-ordering it and sharing about it too. When I say this is just a glimpse of what is to come this episode has literally just been a slither of information. Put it this way, the book is completely finished, it has been written, and before even getting to these questions, they were all answered in the book, from the guilt of setting boundaries to what happens if you can't cut a person out, to the boundaries in a relationship. When I say it's a thorough guide on boundaries, it is 80,000 words, and if I were to type up this episode alone, it would be like 5,000. So imagine 16 times this information. And that's how thorough and comprehensive this boundary Bible is going to become. Pre-order The Joy of Being Selfish and absolutely make my day.
Thank you so much for your questions. This podcast couldn't happen without your voice notes. So I seriously appreciate anyone who sent a question my way. If you want more episodes, I need more voice notes. And if you would like your question to be heard, then email in at inallhonesty at mindsetforlife.co.uk. The email address will be in the description below. In the meantime, follow me on Instagram at scar.scared. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok at the same username. You can get my old book and my ugly and my new book, The Joy of Being Selfish. I should probably not call Am I Ugly my old book, my first book and my second book. And you can watch my TED Talk. Next week, we'll be talking about uncertainty, which I felt was really important at this time in the world. So tune in next week to hear more. And thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.